Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Drivers, start your hour as we talk about this past weekend in racing racing news and preview next week joining me i have richard uden and louise torres what do you say gentlemen how's it going it's going it's good, going good. yep good, we're good. coming down to the end of the racing season yeah i'm coming down to the yep. end of our season as well yep we've got uh, this week and probably next week and then we'll take our winter break so uh but uh, so last week, the question on the table was, could Mercedes win the Grand Prix before the season is up? And the answer coming out of Brazil is definitely yes. Uh, yep. But it's not the guy that we thought it would have been. It was uh, George Russell taking his first Grand Prix win. Um, you know, a huge uh, step for any driver to move from a Grand Prix driver to a Grand Prix winner. So uh, congratulations to George. Um, good job on Mercedes. So, uh, and we were down at Interlagos. So uh, Richard, take us through it a little bit. There was a little post-race controversy regarding Red Bull and some team orders and <laughs> things we could talk about there as the, the battle for second in the championship is now very tight. Yeah, uh, as a as a precursor to that discussion, well, I'd never realised that Red Bull, throughout their dominant years in um, you know the last ten years or so, have never had a one-two in the championship, uh, which is remarkable when you consider the standard and the quality of the drivers that they've uh, they've had with you know Seb and and Max over the years winning the championships, but never have they managed to get a teammate into uh, second place in the championship. But uh, yeah, on, on to the. Brazilian Grand Prix when weekend into Lagos. It was the third and final sprint race uh, event of the year, uh, with uh, already having those events at Imola and uh, Austria. I think it was for the first two races of this year, or the first two sprint races of this year. And uh, yeah, into Lagos is just a, a circuit that is just teed up for um, sprint races. Fantastic venue, great racing. Two or three really good overtaking opportunities that, yeah, DRS assists, but it's, you know, you're going to get overtaken there anyway. It's a fantastic track. It really is. It's an old school track. It's, uh, yeah, it just works great. I, I love the place. It's, it's a great race to watch. Um, we had, uh, as with all sprint race weekends, uh, qualifying was on Friday afternoon and uh, we had a bit of uh, mixed weather. And, I, I think probably it's fair to say on 
on pure pace, we had a team on pole position and uh, the teammate in last place. And I can't think of many times that's happened on pure pace before. Maybe accidents and what have you, but uh, but certainly not on pure pace. So uh, yeah, Kevin Magnussen in the uh, in in the in the Haas um, put it on pole position and Mick unfortunately was down in twentieth and. Uh, to coin a, a Gunter phrase, they didn't look like a lot of wankers that day. They looked pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, first and, first uh, poll for that team. So, I mean, again, yeah. you know, something, something to check off uh, off of the to-do list. Yeah, right place, right time for those guys. And, um, yeah, fantastic. You know, the, the, they've uh, you know, been some ups and downs, that team, over the last few years. And, uh, yeah, really, 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 really good to see. And, uh, you know, Obviously, it was never going to last throughout the course of the race. I think we all uh, expected that to a greater extent. And um, George had a, you know, did what he needed to do after you know a strong qualifying performance from him. Um, put it up there and uh, went on to uh, to win the sprint race on on Saturday afternoon. Couldn't ask any more from him, really. Um, the Alpine teammates decided to. Uh, you know, get uh, get a little bit uh, close to each other there twice in the first lap, which resulted in uh, Fernando Alonso having a, a broken front wing after hitting the rear of his teammate on the start finish line, which is always a scary event when you see contact like that. Uh, you can launch a car pretty easy under those conditions, and that did result in Fernando getting a five second penalty. Which eh, I don't know if that was fair or not. That was uh, maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, a good good little sprint race there, and then um, onto the main event, if you like, on on uh, Sunday. And I mean, George just dominated the thing, never in any doubt, never in any um, serious pressure. Tires were all under control. You know, he was doing what he needed to do um, early in the race. Um, Lewis and Max got together and uh, into the center S's turn two at the center S's with. Uh, I think Max got a, a five-second penalty there, which I must admit, I, I personally thought was the right decision. I know there was a lot of debate on the TV coverage, but, you know, by the level of the law, to mind service anyway, Lewis was ahead at turn two. It doesn't matter what was going on at turn one. Uh, as per the rules, you know, you take each turn in, in isolation and, and um, Lewis had the apex and Max didn't, uh, didn't leave him room. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I think... Was it the right decision? I don't think so. Personally, I just think it was a racing incident. But by the letter of the law and how it's written, um, yeah, they, you know, Max should have got the penalty, and he, and he did. And it's a bit of a messy race for for Max from that perspective. You know, they both got a bit of damage early on, and that probably prevented Lewis from really pushing George because he did lose a number of places um, after that contact. But um, you know, you just sort of went through the motions, really. Um, and of course, there's a little bit of you know still gamesmanship going on there in the fight for second place in the championship between Checo and uh, Charles Leclerc. Which, in all fairness, no disrespect to Checo, Charles Leclerc should have got this damn thing wrapped up weeks ago for for a second place in the championship. But uh, you know, Ferrari's stumbling and um, you know missteps, uh, you know, throughout the the first ten races or so in the season certainly put them on the back foot and, and denied. Charles, that comfortable second place in the championship. But um, so Charles wanting to be let past um, Carlos Sainz to, to gain a point. And then Checo was trying to um, 
catch. Who were they trying to? Was it Lewis they were trying to catch? No, I don't think it was. They were trying to catch. So was it? It could have been Alonso, couldn't it? I can't, can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, Checo was trying to catch. It must have been. I must have been Alonso more likely. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. So yeah, with about 10, 15 laps to go, the Red Bull said made the call. Hey, look, Max, you go past Checo because Max is on the more aggressive strategy. Um, if you know you have a go, see if you can get past Alonso. If you can't let Checo back through on the last lap to maintain his points. Yeah, sure, not a problem. Anyway, Max, Max, with probably with the damage that he received earlier on the race in that contact with Hamilton, never had the pace to really fight back uh, off a fight past Alonso. And um, there was repeated calls on the radio from uh, the, the the team for Max to let Checo back through. And um, he didn't. Um and on the radio, he said, to a lot of paraphrasing, I have my reasons not for doing it. You know what those reasons are and, you know, have at it. Which wasn't great, you know, <laughs> to, to be quite mild, you know, mild about it. This is a team sport. Um, you know, Max has benefited numerous times uh, in the last two years that he's been teammates to Checker from Checker, you know, seeding places to... Um, to Max, and so for him not to reciprocate that is is pretty bad, um, in all fairness. And right, and left then, and yeah, and then very now, nasty taste in the mouth. Right, so then now we're going into the last race. Um, yeah, che- Checo and uh, Leclerc are tied at two hundred ninety yep. points, and of course, uh, three wins to two. The tiebreaker goes to Leclerc. So if uh, yep. if Checo has any issues at all, if he doesn't finish ahead of the Ferrari, doesn't finish ahead yep. of Charles, um, that's that's the Red Bull one two, you know, yeah, out the oh, window, out, out the window right there, you know, and, and it, it, again, it's, yeah, it's a huge so. deal. yeah, it's it's very bad. It leaves a very bad taste in the mouth there. I think it it, it shows a certain amount of petulant, should we say? From um, from Max, you know, Max is supposed to be, you know, he's supposed to be. He is a two-time world champion. He's supposed to act like a two-time world champion, um, but frankly, he's not. He's he's acting like a like a, like a child in many ways, and it's very poor form. And I'm sure there'll be some pretty serious meetings within the Red Bull camp over that, not just because of what happened. I mean, you know, yeah, you, you get this all the time between teammates. It's nothing new, but it's how it was handled so publicly by Max on the radio. Um, I think that leaves the bitter taste in the mouth. And, you know, it's almost like politics. It gives ammunition to the rivals. You know, it'll give ammunition to Mercedes, to Ferrari, to to attack uh, Max and to attack the Red Bull team going forward. So, It'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. And if Max is in a similar situation this weekend at um, Abu Dhabi, I mean, technically, when you think about it, he can't if they're tied on points. It's all up to Checo, you know. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't uh, particularly impressed with those uh, antics, should we say. No, not at all. No, I mean, because I mean, I mean, Max got nothing to lose. He's got the title sewn up. He's got 14 wins in the bank. You know what I mean? Yep. So what's, uh, you know, what's his giving that one spot back due to his, you know. So nothing, the, the, the rumor is, the rumor is 
that it all boils back to Monaco when Checo was on provisional pole, Max was on a hot lap, and apparently in Max's mind, Checo deliberately crashed to prevent him from getting pole. How much truth there is in that, I really don't know. I can't remember the exact set of circumstances myself, so I would be unfair to, to pass comment on that. But that is supposedly the reasoning behind Max's behaviour. Um, I don't buy it. Oh, man. Well, if you think about it, right? So, hey, I've got a great car. I've just set pole. Let me go ahead and wreck it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes no sense to me. Why would you wreck it? Like, I mean, that's let's not forget, like, Claire Bin did by driver error. Who knows if Paris was the same thing? Yeah, I think most of it has everything. Some of it had to do with the whole Rosberg-Hamilton thing where at Monaco 2014 where he was at Rosberg that went off that irated Hamilton. It kind of started the the deterioration oh, wow. of the friendship, albeit it was not a wreck, but there no, was, was like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's the difference. Yeah. But I, th- I think that's kind of like I can under. Here's the thing about the whole how I see this whole thing. On one hand, Verstappen already had a four second advantage over Paris, which he could could he have let him go and cut the gap to I don't know from four seconds to probably let him go. He could have. They probably should have. He had a whole lap to do it, but how easy would have been done without some sort of manipulation? Where I'm, not, I'm pos- don't Formula One have like a hundred to ten percent or hundred percent rule where you have to show competitiveness and not no. like I figured. No, it's not like it's not like uh, NASCAR. No, if you want to play the team orders game, as long as you're not dangerous and you're not manipulating the outcome, and manipulating the outcome, I think is by like deliberately taking a, an opponent out you know as long as you do it within reasonable and acceptable driving standards um you know i think it's 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 okay i mean we've seen it in the past you know we saw it we've seen it in the ferrari days pretty clearly we've seen oh, it yeah. in the red bull scenarios we've seen it in in some you know in, in in a lot of situations and i don't have a problem with it at the end of the day is a team sport and you have to do what is best for the team yeah uh, that's where the I, money you know, is yeah, what I don't like is when it went back to the old, um, you know, Schumacher days when, you know, Barrichello was was giving up victories in, like, the second race of the season and crap like that. It's like, oh, geez, guys, yeah. come on. And that, you know, and that's, that's a long and that's, way to go. And that's the thing, like, the broadcast mentioned, like, Charles wants to get by signs, but that's for a podium spot. And I think they mentioned, like, for a podium, that's a whole yeah. different spiel. And and that, too, to like, left me sour. Is, yeah. Yeah, it's like let let let's Carlos have his let have his podium and work on it. I mean, Paris faltered at the at, at the end of the race anyway, so at, at the end it won't be that effective long over time. I don't think. And no. the thing it, I, I, I think maybe on. slightly Max's um, sort of attitude, rightly or wrongly, is well, if he's not quick enough to keep up with me, why should I let him through? Um, you know, and you can see Max having that attitude because he's that type of guy at times, isn't yeah. he? You know, he's very, yeah. uh, you know, assertive and aggressive. And he's like, hey, if he's not quick enough, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. You know, jog on. Um, yeah, yeah, he, so... yeah he, he can pass me, tell him to get up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. And that is true. And that's where I see, like, on one hand, I can understand. But at the same time, you got a spot where you can finish second, which it's astonishing that guys like Weber Ricardo couldn't get it done. And, I, and their yeah, time period. I was amazed at that. Yeah, yeah, and, I really and, was. Yeah, and let's and not forget. Kvyat, I'm surprised. Oh no, wait, sorry. No, I mean, Kvyat, <laughs> what do you? Yeah, 
<laughs> but it's if, when you look at Paris, you, you mentioned that he's done a lot as a number two driver than most have done. Like some of them were like resistors, like I got no choice. Paris was willing to stick himself out there, live by the sword, die by the sword to help Max win the championships and rack up the points. We like guys like Kuthar, well, Barrichello, Weber, and Massa. They reluctantly do it, but to the extent that Paris was able to do it, not often. But you look at you look at Perez. In all fairness, you know I think he knows what you know. I think he knows how his bread's buttered, doesn't he? He knows full well that if that Red Bull drive didn't come along, he was out of the sport. No, for sure. So... And there's that rumors about Ricardo creeping well, in too. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure how much I mean, leverage again, it has, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, I, yeah. I mean, Max and uh, Max and Daniel never had the, the greatest relationship. Now, I think that. I think Christian Horner has a very, very good relationship with with uh, Danny Ricardo, and probably still does have that relationship. You know, had that and still does have it. So that may be where it's coming from. I say I don't think um, Max and Daniel particularly got on well. They did have a number of coming togethers. You know, you look at Baku. Their pers- yeah, their personalities um, colla- are complete yeah, opposites. Yeah, you know, probably. Da- you know, Max is very intense. Daniel's probably the most laid back guy you'd ever meet. Um, so you know. But yeah, it, it, that whole dynamic. This is the first time you've ever re- really seen cracks in the cracks in the relationship there at um, at Red Bull under the current um, partnership. So yeah, right. inter- you know, it's a shame in a way it's happened at the penultimate race because you know it'd be great to see what happens. Uh, you know, going forward, you know, it'd be great to see if this was early on in the season, see how it developed and matured. You know, we've all got an off season coming up to chill out basically and, and calm down and see where it all you know we'll all have forgotten about it come uh, come yeah. March or wherever whenever we're in Australia next so uh, yeah I think yeah. I think what you're going to see happen is if uh, if Checo manages to uh, go ahead and get the second place uh, you know after coming out of the, the next Grand Prix and uh, they get the one two finish I mean, that'll be the end of it you won't hear anything you probably won't hear anything about it all off season. If Leclerc maintains second place, then you're going to hear all about it. All <laughs> that's all anybody's going to talk about the whole off yeah. season. There's one so, missing element, though. If Paris and Leclerc fail to finish or score enough points, Russell could still leapfrog them mathematically. Uh, I believe he can. Yeah, because Russell's right up there too. Yeah, yeah. Russell can. Yeah, Russell can mathematically. Steal the show and take second for all we know. It's just a lot of stuff has to fall into their favor. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It needs to be a, a lot of moving parts right there. Certainly, so. maximum points from a sprint weekend certainly helped him on that score. Yeah, that put yeah, him in that spot in yeah. the first place. Yeah, so so I, I read an interesting stat somebody had pointed out that, uh, you know, Max, you know, Max and Lewis had a, a little bit of contact, right? During, during yeah. the race there, right? And then somebody had to. To be quick to point out that Lewis has had contact in oh twelve or fourteen different races, and this is the first time Max has had contact, right? So, and I don't know what the point is. They're trying to say that Lewis is a crappy driver compared to Max, but then somebody else was <laughs> was quick to point out this. Yeah, but uh, how many wheel to wheel battles has Lewis been involved in, and how many times has Max been 10 seconds ahead of everybody else with no cars around him, which exactly. is, you start thinking yeah. about that. How, yep. Yep. Quite how are true. You classif- how are you classifying incidents though? That's the question because 
Verstappen has had some battles in context with other drivers than just with Hamilton. I mean, that's a, oh, that's a no. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I think, yeah. Ocon, when he had that shoving match at Interlagos. Yeah. But like we're saying, you, you know, statistics are made up on the spot, right? So. Yeah. yeah. Make, 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 make him make say whatever you, know, you want. Yeah, looking back, you know, all boils down to, down to really what happened last year and the the battles that they had last year. And, uh, you know, they're obviously, we haven't really had a battle this year, should we say, between two top drivers. You know, obviously, Charles and Max had a couple of good races there early on. But, you know, we never really saw anything on the same level and in intensity that we saw with Max and uh, and Lewis last year. So, you know, they're, no. they're trying to clutch at straws and grasp any concept of... Uh, of uh, 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 aggression and uh, you know uh, controversy, if you like, but yeah, it never, you know, it's, it's what it is, really. Yeah, I mean, the two damn good drivers, you know, probably two generational drivers going at it, and just enjoy it, people. You know, <laughs> just enjoy what we've got. Just enjoy exactly. it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, so Lewis has one more shot at. Uh, yeah. Not, uh, not losing his uh, streak of winning a race every year. Um, he's won a race every year since uh, what? Oh, seven. Seven. Yeah. Right. It's an day incredible one, achievement. Year. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, incredible achievement. So if uh, he'd he'd love to keep that streak going, but uh, you know the time is short, and um, I want to say we're we're off to uh, Abu Dhabi, correct? Yep. yep. Abu Dhabi. Yep. yep. And there's, and, there's a couple of footnotes to that race really i think uh you know that we want to you know touch on as you mentioned there lewis is going for his 15th consecutive winning season i think or season to the win 15 16 well, i can't remember how many straight yeah yeah 16th straight season a lot more than anybody else um and uh sebastian vettel's final race 299th and final Final start, uh, which is, uh, you know, it's a real shame. You know, I think so. Since you know, in his, uh, you know, I think when he was at Red Bull, he he did rub, a, you know, a number of people up the wrong way. He had a certain demeanor that I don't think was Formula One esque, should we say? And at the end of the day, he was a young kid, so you know, what do you expect? Uh, but certainly, as he, you know, towards the end of his Ferrari career and the last couple of years with Aston Martin, his his attitude and his outlook on the sport and, and how he carries himself around the paddock has changed massively. And I think he's really endeared himself to a number of people. And I know certainly I, I, I I'm going to, I don't think I'd ever, never, a few years ago, I never thought I'd say this, but I'm certainly going to miss him, you know, on the weekend and the, the interviews he gives and the sort of sense of logic and reasoning that he can bring to uh, the paddock. And he'll certainly be missed, I'm sure. Um, you know, moving forward. So, uh, yeah, so Seb's last race, um, Danny Ricardo's last race for the immediate future. Uh, you know, he still hasn't confirmed what he's going to be doing in uh, 2023. The chances are it's going to be a, a, a reserve role somewhere. Um, and Nicholas Latifi's final race uh, in Formula One. Uh, I don't think he'll be back. <laughs> Unlike Daniel, I think he's, he's, he's done his bit and, uh, we can draw a line under under Nicholas and Tifi's um, uh, career. Uh, how, however, we want to cl- 
past that, successful, unsuccessful, whatever we want to call it. Uh, At least he got a top ten. Yeah, I was going to say, last last I heard, Latifi was uh, chit-chatting with Dale Coyne about uh, doing the road course races uh, in the car he'd be splitting with uh, Sato. But uh, whether or not not that comes to fruition, we'll have to see because, uh, uh, you know, 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 uh, Dale, Dale, Dale Coyne has never wanted to really not take a, a hard look at a driver with a lot of money in the bank. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a guy that, and then, uh, that, that if they have money is ideal, but they obviously <laughs> look for untapped talent that people are overlooking. I mean, look at his track record. Yeah. Coin has, yeah. uh, found some definite diamonds in the rough and, um, you know, there are a lot of really good, uh, guys out there. that got their start, um, in a Dale coin car, you know, yeah. some like, uh, you know, Paul Tracy was, yeah. Was uh, his first run was in a uh, Dale Coin car, so. And I think one more piece of news, very quickly, because we know we're going to move on. Um, Haas this week will announce their second driver with with Magnussen. And the very strong rumors are that it's going to be uh, Nico Hulkenberg, uh, so he may get intimate with uh, with, with some of uh, Kevin Magnussen's bodily functions uh, based on some oh, of their geez. previous interactions. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, what, for the, those tweets are going to pop up. I guarantee you. Yeah, they're, they're good. They're good. You know, I mean, they've they've spoken about it in publicly before, and they're like, yeah, whatever. It was a few years ago. It's just a bit of yeah. banter and a bit of you know whatever. Um, so I don't think there's anything really too serious to take from that. But I think that'll be a good combination. Uh, you know, I, I still think Hulkenberg has something to bring to the sport. I think he, he really does. Uh, and he's, he's proven it over the last couple of years. You know, when he's stepped in in those relief roles with um, Aston Martin and, and Force India, I think, it, you know, was it? I think, you know, it was Aston Martin. Um, you know, he's done a good job and he's he's done everything that's been asked of him and he's been competitive. And, you know, you, you've got to give the guy, guy credit where credit's due. And, um, you know, it'd be good to see him back. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's... Um, you know, an opportunity to, um, you know, for Haas to, to grow a little bit, I think. And I think Mick has done a good job the second half of the year. You know, I mean, the sprint race, he was fantastic in uh, yeah, in, yeah. in uh, Lagos there after a poor qualifying session. Yeah, he but got I think it those early good. races, you know, those, those wrecks at Monaco and uh, in Saudi Arabia... And then the the sort of tripping over Seb in Miami when he was on for points, I think they've probably just they've done too much damage to be recoverable, if you like. And um, we, you know, we move on. And what will happen to Mick? We don't know. Obviously, Seb is Ferrari link, so he's not like he can stick around in a Ferrari um, Ferrari role there. Um, so. Yeah, it, it's a shame that, you know, because I think Mick's got something about him. Uh, I just think he's, you look back at his Formula 2, you know, his, his Formula 3 and Formula 2 careers, you know, he was in both of those series for two seasons. And his first season was never particularly good in either of those. And he certainly did come on strong in the second of the two. And, um, you know, I think, uh, personally, I'd like to have seen him given another season. But, um, you know, as we all know, uh, well, what's the name for Formula One? The Piranha Club. You know, it certainly lives up to his name here. And if you're not on it and on it week in, week out, then, um, you you know, there's another guy in the conveyor belt waiting to take your place. And I think that's what's happened in uh, in Mick's um, situation here, unfortunately. 
Yeah, man, I, I really haven't heard him linked with uh, anything for next year. No. So uh, I, I you know, stuff there, but oh, no. I was gonna say, yeah, I mean, sports cars is always a a, a good landing spot for guys coming out yeah. of open wheel that can't find a can't find a ride. And a lot of, and a lot of those guys really excel uh, in the sports yeah. car racing. It just plays to a smaller audience. Um, but uh, yeah, but I haven't heard his name linked with uh, much else. I, I haven't even heard his name as possibly, you know, being a reserve driver or a yeah, sim, sim driver for, that, or an emergency Williams driver too. Yeah. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner losing that ferrari link is i think you know hurt him on that front a little bit because you know you look at somebody like giovanazzi who probably had a you know fairness a very similar career to make you know understated under the radar nothing amazing um you know and he's st- he was still being co- talked about and considered for that has drive uh because of the ferrari links and um yeah we'll see what happens there but uh good luck to him anyway yeah, yeah. So, well, who do we like for Abu Dhabi? Uh, I mean, it's it, it's hard to, to sit here and, and not say, uh, you know, Max is going to go ahead and have 15 wins this season uh, because I would say Abu Dhabi is a good Red Bull track, but it's seemingly every track. Every, every track yeah. it's on the calendar is a good Red Bull track this year. But, uh, I, I, you know, I really – I, I really just want to see Lewis not go winless for the season. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I, I thought I'd say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't, uh, I've never really been a, a, a rabid fan of the guy, but, but I have always been in awe of his uh, driving prowess and his talent and, uh, and just, and the records he set. So I, I really don't, uh, I'd, I'd hate to see this streak reset to one, you know? Yeah. I don't think he's going yep. to be around for another 16 seasons. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Yeah. He's, but, you know, talking about that, interestingly, he he's certainly not, you know, he there's obviously post Abu Dhabi last year, there's a lot of talk. Is, is, is he going to walk away? Is he going to, you know, maybe have a year or two left and George becomes the heir apparent to the, you know, to the lead Mercedes driver? The, excuse me, a lot of talk from, Lewis and the Mercedes camp that you know they're looking at another contract extension beyond the end of next season for you know maybe another two or three years on top of it. So we could see Lewis go through to the end of 2025, maybe even 2026. You know, I mean, you look at and that would put him, you know, knocking on to the 40 age range. Um, God forbid. And um, but you know you look at what Alonso's done. You know he's what forty one now. He's just signed a two year contract, I think, with Aston Martin. 
So, you know, Flando's going to be going until he's, he's 43 and, and doing a decent job. I mean, you can't. For, to my money, two of the guys, you know, that have driven as well as anybody this year have been Seb and Fernando. You know, the guys that are, you know, getting older and maybe have a slightly different outlook on it and a different level of intensity and, and they're really doing a great job. So, you know, maybe Lewis has seen a bit of that and said, well, you know what, I just need to keep my powder dry and keep my head down and keep going and uh, he can... Um, you know, have a career similar to these guys. Oh, absolutely, yeah. See, everybody is trying to retire Lewis, except Lewis. You know, yeah, everybody, exactly. well, every, everybody's yeah. talking about Lewis walking away, except Lewis. So, yeah, yeah I mean, the, you know, I'm sure that there is a job for him as long as he would like one. Uh, you know, in nobody, Hollywood. In, in Hollywood, sure, yeah. 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 <laughs> in Hollywood. I can't wait for the movie with him in The Rock someday. <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So Frank, you have Hamilton. You said I'm gonna take Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. Um, go ahead, Richard. I would have picked him. I, I, you know, I, I, I'll pick George because I, yeah, I think he's got a bit of. But I would love to see Hamilton win. I really, I hate. As I say, I never thought I'd ever say it. But you know, I really would. I'd, I'd love to see him continue that streak. So uh, let's go with let's go with George to win. But let's what let's hope for Lewis. Likewise, but if I had to pick somebody else, whew, I think Ferrari will get it together for once, and hopefully, and they pull the runner-up points finish. There you go. So all right, that's our picks for uh, Abu Dhabi. So let's um. Like I alluded to it a little earlier, uh, Takuma Sada was in the news recently. He's got his plans uh, set for next year. He'll be with Dale Coyne, but on a part-time basis, he's just going to run the oval races. Um, he's going to uh, split his time between IndyCar and IMSA. He's got some uh, IMSA stuff lined up, so that's going to open up. Uh, you know, it's the old Ed Carpenter situation where we're splitting a car between an oval guy and a road course guy, so that uh, that seat is available again we had talked about uh, latifi there uh, but uh, there are a number of other guys out there you know with uh looking for a ride you know including you know guys like uh rasmus list coming out of uh, the junior series and uh other guys there you still got like oliver askew still bumming around trying to find an indycar ride so uh you know it's uh no telling who's going to end up there or it could be you know somebody that's currently over in Europe in Formula Two, you know, it's uh, some sometimes these just guys just pop out of nowhere, like Christian Lungard, right? Nobody was talking about him. Next thing you know, he's full time with Ray Hall, nearly won a race. So Renus VK, Renus VK, yep, yep, yep. Well, VK was uh, in lights. Yeah, but he was not a huge name, was he? Nope. Outside not a, of the outside of Road of Indy. Uh, I was going to say, I wrote him in. He did well. Yeah, he, he yeah. finished, what, second in the championship? Uh, but he, I want to say he was he was running at the same time as um, Oliver Askew. Oliver Askew, yep. And um, was he there when Herta and uh, Potter there? Or he was a little after those guys? Askew and VK were fighting for the 19th championship the year before was Herta and Pato. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's a couple of good classes coming out of the light series. All those guys... Uh, you know, who ended up uh, in IndyCar rides and, and, you know, three of them still around, you know, ask you still, like I say, still uh, have him and will travel. 
you know, and I think he's uh, I think he's still somewhat linked uh, to Andretti as a reserve driver, you know, if needed. So, but uh, other than that, the other big IndyCar news was the concert lineup for uh, for Iowa, which uh, drew uh, a number of really wow reactions from people. They're looking at having uh, was it Carrie Underwood, Zach Brown Band, Ed Sheeran. And then, um, now who was Kenny the Chesney. Kenny Chesney. Yep. So you got, uh, you got some real, real big names there, right? And if you recall last year, they had big names for the entertainment as well. And they, they managed to, uh, you know, sell out not one, but two races and put on a very, a, a very successful event. And, and they're looking at, uh, trying to repeat that success this year. Uh, as uh, that remains on the cal- calendar, they still have Hy-Vee All In as uh, as the event sponsor. So, uh, you know, good for them booking those acts, and good for them announcing that earlier. You know, you know, I remember like the last couple of years for the Indy 500, we've been it been a month before the race till they let us know who's playing Carb Day. You know, so, but yeah, so they've got that all lined out. So good for them, and um, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And it'll be much easier to go to that than old Taylor Swift. <laughs> uh, poor Louisa. I know you've been you've been upset you about that, on here. that Taylor Swift. Hey, you know what? Uh, Judas Priest played in town here last night. The tickets were 40, oh, nice. forty-five dollars. Yeah. So, nice. but <laughs> no, no, that's yeah. no, that's nice. Like Judas Priest finally in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, albeit it's like in a recognizable rather than the mainstay, but an induction is an induction, so it's about <laughs> time. Yeah, it was Judas yep. Priest. We'll, we'll, Judas we'll Priest on, our, uh, on, our, on, our, on our on our on our rock and roll podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, isn't a huge deal at the end of the day you get major acts because we talked about it over it. the past couple of years uh, to get people to come to the race, you gotta bring the entertainment value. Yeah. And if they're oh, relatively fresh, unlike yeah. one sectioning body, unfortunately. It, yeah. it catches eyeballs, and that's very important. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with the old acts and all, but or in my eye, a bunch of no name artists that I don't know because I don't listen to country, modern day country. But when you bring out like major artists on a show, it does it does help. And in this day and age, you got to do that because you can't just show up to watch the races and as with the attention span that we have. Unfortunately, you got to keep them entertained before, maybe during, and then after the race. And I think what I always have been able to do, and I'll mention it again, should earn an, an award by the FIA or whoever for excellent marketing promotion because they get it. They understood the assignment in modern-day entertainment when it comes to motorsports. Yeah, it needs to be marketed as an event, not as a race. You know what I mean? And I want to say Formula One was pretty darn successful down in Miami uh, this year, marketing theirs as an event. Uh, you know they they had some they had some big names down there as well. Uh, you know as well as putting on a you know pretty decent Formula One race and having a pretty neat looking track with the fake, yeah. Yeah, fake yachts and stuff. So and I think uh, Vegas next year at night on the Strip. I well, think you, I think that is gonna that is gonna be a sight to see. Have you, you seen the I mean? price of some of the uh, corporate boxes for Vegas next year? Uh huh. Yeah, a million yeah. dollars a box. For a corporate hospitality, a million dollars. Good grief! Well, I'm Don't sure be- that I'm sure that includes a shrimp cocktail. So yeah, there you <laughs> go. Or, 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 a, or a mimosa. Yeah. Uh, but hey, 
that and going to a cup weekend pack Chicago land are much easier than the aforementioned shows that I mentioned. Right, yeah. I mean, Expensive to, yeah, to we, go in, but yeah, more attainable. Yeah, we yeah, we've talked about this a little bit recently, yeah, the some of the just the ticket pricing because uh, you know, Wilkesboro is uh, you know, despite the fact it's in the middle of nowhere, um, uh, it's commanding a pretty high ticket price just because of the number one, the nostalgia value of the place. And then secondly, the all-star race, which uh, is never really one of the best shows NASCAR puts on, but uh, you know, I don't know. And then of course, we're talking about Chicago. Um, and I want to say the, um, it was pretty pricey to go to the clash at the Coliseum last year. Was it not? I'd I mean, imagine so. Obviously, I was doing photography and writing, so I couldn't tell you the ticket prices. Yeah, which, yeah. Which I wonder how they're going to make the second year even bigger because, as I mentioned about those artists, they got to go big. If they want to go recent, you got to go recent. It's just a matter of who they're going to get, how they're going to respond with the musical acts, and more importantly, entertainment before the qualifying races and all of that. They got to step that up just a little bit because they should honestly look what I have done and adapt to it and learn and learn how to make the Clash of 23 even bigger than ever. Because it's more than just like, oh, this time it's at night. you got to have more than that in my book. Uh, Yeah, I mean. Especially Saturday when you had, like, you had morning practice and, like, it wouldn't be another five to six hours till qualifying. Right, well, then it was single car qualifying on a track that's, you know, what was it, was the eighth of a mile? Which it was, was a quarter mile. It was a quarter mile, yeah. But uh, e- even then, a uh, single car qualifying is boring to begin with, you know. But but here you are in this little tiny, you know, slice. Not really much to, not really much of a show, honestly. You know, unless yeah, you it's just a like, whole but you got to step it up in year two. They got to, yeah, they yeah. yeah. All yeah. across the board to get those people out there, and I say the same thing with Chicago. As well, you gotta get the people to come and see the activities before I keep them entertained. You gotta have musical acts. You gotta have promotional stuff out there, left and right, to kind of keep them entertained. And then see, like, oh, I like this. It's like, man, there's so there's so you gotta have a lot of stuff. And I think support races do help uh, in a way, but you gotta uh, you gotta put it accordingly. You gotta organize the it best, quite well. The, the best thing that, that, that these tracks do, and you know, it, any sort of sporting event, not just racing, is free kids tickets. It's the way to go. You know, you've got to do it, oh, yeah. especially as a you know, say you you know a father with two or three kids and want to take them out for a day to you know, it's a whole whole day, and you know, the adult tickets a hundred bucks, and then you've got you know, fifty for the kids. You know, you're yeah. at three, four, five hundred bucks by the end of it, and you know, what does it cost? It doesn't. The stupid thing is, it doesn't cost anybody, you know, anything to put somebody in a seat. You know, they're just not making as much money. But the longevity of it and the long-term interest of the sport is is huge if you can get the kids there at an early age and get them addicted to it and get them enjoying it. So, yeah. you know, I've exactly. really yeah. drug series races have done this for years. I think if you want to yeah. do it for the couple level, why not? Yeah, and then, and then another thing that they've done, like places like uh, St. Pete and Long Beach, is that they have uh, free admission on the Friday when the kids are in school? <laughs> yeah, the kids are in school. Unless you're the unless you're you're unless you're from the valley, then what school? Yeah, I was, so, yeah. What I was going to say, but that way somebody can get out to the 
tracks, see the cars in the practice, and see what all's going on. I say, oh, this uh, this this might be fun. Let me buy a ticket for Sunday. You know, it exactly. gets it, it gets yeah. people there with without an investment on their part ahead of time, just to kind of check it out. And it, that's another good way to just to you know to bring new faces to the sport. So yeah. Anyway, but I that's digress. So yeah. yeah, so let's let's talk a little bit about some of the driver movement news. So we've we've all kind of speculated that uh, Ty Gibbs would be moving up to the Cup Series, and that is now confirmed. Yep. He'll be taking taking over the ride that was vacated by Kyle Busch, but uh, with the number yep. change, it'll be is it fifty four? Yep, is, is, is the car number so, and the eighteen will just not be used next year, from what I understand. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what, what the plans are, but uh, so I, you know, here's Ty coming off a uh, uh, season Oof. just marked yeah. marked with dichotomy. You know, the guy has had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows all at once. So, uh, you know, I, I I wish the kid well going forward. He certainly he's stepping into a, a good ride. He's got some really qualified teammates to lean on uh, at that team there. Um, the question so, remains uh, how much, how long though? Huh? How long? Yeah. Because there's this yeah, thing no, out there yeah. about Truex's career and then Hamlin's, his contract with Gibbs and FedEx and at the end of 2023. Yeah. I think there's, you're going to see a lot of moving parts within the, in the um, JGR camp over the next two or three years and um, a lot of movement I think within the whole Toyota group as well from you know what what you see taking place um, you know the groundworks that's going on with JGR and 2311 trying to bring new teams into it you know because Toyota's not one of these teams you know manufacturer like Ford and Chevy that they do, they do quality over quantity and um, it'll be be interesting to see you know, where, where Toyota sits in two or three years' time when everything all plays out. Yeah, that's yeah, going to so, be a huge... Yeah, so some of the speculation is that Denny goes to 2311 as a driver. Um, uh, do, you, do you see that happening at all? Or or, or do you it, think he's just uh, going to try to just take more of age the full-time owner owner's role? I think what I know what I've heard from a podcast that Danny did, he wants to at least reach 60 cup wins before his career is over. If championship happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I think his eye is to get 60 cup wins, which he's got a few to go to reach that mark. Obviously, right now, Harvick and Kyle Busch are at 60 apiece. But as far as take leaving Gibbs, I think time will tell, and I think it ultimately boils down to sponsorship, and I hope. I think Denny knows this better than anyone I'd imagine after what he saw with the whole thing with Kyle Busch after Mars was going to leave. He doesn't want to have that same fate or have that same problem. Oh, absolutely. He doesn't want to be you know, a man without a home. That's for sure. Yeah, and uh, as far as Gibbs is concerned regarding the announcement, I think what surprised me is because I talked about this a couple of times on and off there that Ty is a guy that doesn't like announcing anything until a couple of weeks before the season actually starts. And the fact they announced it like a, r- right away early in the offseason is quite unique. I think more than anything is trying to attract sponsorships aside from maybe Monster Energy Drink and obviously the ones that are involved with Gibbs, which I think is helpful for them. And as far as the 18 is concerned, they're going to they're gonna at least for one year, it's going to be off the off of circulation as far as on the grid and probably bring it back in the future, which some, this is why some people think, oh, Drew X in 2023 is going to be his 
final year, and then the 19 goes away, and the 18 is back in 2024. And again, this is not the first time we've seen this happen. I mean, look for, no further than 1993 with Richard Petty. The 43 went away for a year, was the 44, they brought it back a year after. That's because I think NASCAR threatened to give it to somebody else if he didn't use it. It was a use it or, or lose it kind of deal there with a Petty. And um, I think the same with RCR that paid money to keep that three for years keep, despite not using it. Yeah, yeah. But um, I want to say I'd heard that uh, Denny Denny would possibly take the 11 when he's when FedEx had done the number to 2311, and then those cars would be 23 and 11 instead of 23 and, and 45. Um. Which would make sense, honestly. Oh, well, yeah, 23 and 11, yeah. But, of course, you know, the 45 has its own significance as being Michael Jordan's other basketball number. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Obviously, uh, can't use the nine the one time he used it at a basketball game because his jersey got stolen. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait, that's 12. Actually, that's 12. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nine was the Dream Team jersey. Uh, yeah, the nine was the you. dream team jersey. Twelve was the the jersey game. Never mind. Obviously, because Hendrick the, uh, and his size of his shoe as well. Maybe I don't know. I don't know his oh, shoe. his his shoes got to be bigger than size nines. That's you know, true. Yeah, I was going to say I, I I wear size elevens, and my my feet aren't as you know I'm not as large a man as Michael Jordan. So I uh, yeah I bet he's got. Uh, <laughs> so I'll tell you that much right now. So, yeah, so yeah, a lot of just a lot of fun speculating with some of the stuff. But uh, but to your point, when we talk about Truex and, uh, uh, you know, Hamlin and even Harvick to a certain extent, NASCAR is about primed for another just kind of changing to the guard. You know, we just we just had uh, a lot of turnover recently when we're talking about, you know, like Dale Jr. and Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson. Uh, all those guys exit, and we just had Kurt Busch announce his retirement. So you've got this next next round of guys who are all kind of right at uh, what seems to be, you know, normal-ish NASCAR retirement age. So, um, and then you just got to got to look at the young guys coming up and see who's going to fill those shoes. So, uh, you know, we're we're about prime for another big change into the guard. Uh, there in uh in NASCAR, so it'll be interesting to see how seats play out in the next couple of years. I would imagine the next couple of silly seasons are going to be a little extra silly. Oh yep. And speaking of silly, Cole Custer. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh go go ahead and go over that Cole Custer news, please. Yeah, Cole Custer is going to be going back to the Xfinity Series, driving a second SHR car. He'll be teammates with Riley Herbs, as Ryan Priest will take over the 41 Cup car which will mark Priest's second full second chance at the cup level. Of course, he drove for JTG Motorsports' second car the, for cup for two seasons, and then he the team, that race team shut down. He was left without a full-time race. He drove a couple races for David Gilliland Racing, which is now known as Tricon in 2023. One again in Nashville. He had some good runs for Rick Ware Racing in the 15 car, so... This was one of those things where I know for a fact that Tony Stewart is going to be elated because Tony has been fighting fighting Vavachi to get Priest in that car because he knows that team needs to step it up. And let's be honest, Cole Custer is dead weight on the team. We can say the same thing about Almirola, but at least Almirola can have some consistent top 10 finishes more often than not. I want to say Stewart Stewart Haas Racing as a team, Seems to have been really punching under their weight recently. They struggled, uh, don't they? 
Yeah, it's honestly, when when you look at twenty twenty, when Harvick won eight races and missed the championship for eight right. to nine races, right? But but if you look at um the other guys in the Ford camp, look at the, look at the Penske team, you know? Oh they, yeah, they they are consistently far and above ahead of those uh, of those guys, right? And even yeah, you know, even the the Roush Keselowski team uh looks better than Stuart Haas on some occasions. Yeah, Cindric got better. Harrison Burton got better. Obviously, you have like McDowell and Gill front row. They're getting better and at right. times go toe to toe with the forty one and the ten. Right. Chris Busher won a race for uh, for Roush, and yeah. So uh, you know, I don't know what's uh, what the malfunction is over there at Stuart Haas, but uh, you know, maybe getting Ryan Priest in there is a, a step in the right direction. So we'll just have to see how that plays out. But uh, yeah, I mean, Kyle Busch would have been better. Kyle Busch, <laughs> yeah, he was recently oh, for sure. available. Yeah, but, talk um, about talk about elevation, and, and as far as the Ford program having like a lead guy that could develop, that could have a, as far as developmental programs, because he could be their lead guy. But let me look what he's done with KVM. Imagine if he was with Ford, you probably yeah. have your your main guy. Of course, right now you have David Gillen, but that's in the feeder series. Who do you have like Ford performance that you can say okay? This guy's the flag bearer of the driver development, not named David Gilliland. Can't really say that much. Other than I don't know, maybe the Wood Brothers as a one step a step closer to going to Penske. Who knows? But we'll never know. And I think for Stewart's like, well, I want this, I'm getting it, and I'm glad I got it. Because I it's no secret that I think Tony and Gina has had some friction of what he wants. And what he sees the team, he wants to be more than just, oh, we're going to get a couple paid drivers to keep us sustainable. No, he wants to win, period. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit of a power trip there, wasn't there? It's a little bit of a, you know, we all knew how that was playing out with Tony and Gene. And uh, yeah, he sort of got his way with that one, didn't they? Yeah. Um, we'll see. Because he, because you saw his top alcohol dragster debut, he, it seems like he was having much fun over there than he's had in years. And I think at that time, that guy should tell you a lot. Obviously, he's racing. That that always helps. But I think to get his mind off of the tension and the angst. And they've honestly, and, and their eyes getting screwed over by the sport left and right with the whole thing with yeah, the roll well. ball and Harvick. The, you could pick each side, but in his eyes, they feel that way. Not saying that I agree with him, of course, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're always going to have dysfunction in the team when you got two team owners with decidedly different visions, and that's going to reflect in the performance of the team. And we can, you know, we can see that happen firsthand. So, yeah. But um, uh, again, yeah, like I said, punching under their weight because you you would uh, that organization has done some really really wonderful things in the past, and they're just they're just a shadow of what they once were. So yeah. we'll, uh, we'll just hope you know we'll just uh, hoping they have a better 2023. So. Yeah, it, we'll see how it is. If people say Cole Custer is like the new Justin Auger, it's like, dude, Auger never had a true cop shot. He drove for a backmarker team. Cole at least was in a caliber team. Stop it. Nope, Cole won a race, so. Yeah, and, and, and there's that. He he, he drove for ACSR. Justin Auger drove for Ace Scott. He never got a true shot at cup with a caliber team. This is quite true. Yep, and there's the, the, the world is littered with guys that never got a true shot that, uh, you, that you wonder. I never got win. one. Yeah, I know, and I just wonder how many cup races and championships you would have won had they had they put you in that car instead of Kyle Busch. 
Uh, you know? know, so well. Yeah, I ponder. I'm not one to you learn. Know, yeah. Don't brag or anything, but you know. <laughs> I, I, I don't yeah. know. There, there was that time I was talking to Frank Williams, and he went and hired Alan Jones instead. So, yeah. um, yeah. the rest, the rest is history. Yeah, that's, <laughs> how, that's how I felt about Team Pitts, Team Petsky, but they decided to go with some other. They decided to go on. They decided they go with somebody else they felt like was more worthy, like a uh, pageant or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, that takes us uh, right about to the end of our hour. So, uh, we've got one more race uh, to finish up uh, 2022 uh, for all the major series. Um, there's uh, different uh, things to watch during the winter. There's a couple of, uh, you know, Brazilian stock car seasons. There's always racing on MAV TV, whether it be uh, some dirt racing or tractor pull. Or British yeah. British sidecar racing, which I have a tremendous, <laughs> tremendous tremendously fun time watching. Uh, yep, because uh, those guys are crazy. So, that is a box of frogs, they are. They really are. I tell you, yeah. But uh, so we'll be back on next week. Next week will be our uh, 2022 recap show, uh, where we'll yep. go over all the the big stories of the year, and then we'll take our break. So until next week, I want to thank you, Richard and Louise. I want to thank the Hoobazoo Radio Network, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. And I want to thank you folks for listening to us. Until next week, good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 